Welcome to another bonus podcast. My name is Thalia. I'm one of the pastors on staff in the care department, and I am sitting with Crystal. Hello. So you have to tell people who you are, just in case. <laughs> I am Crystal Taves, pastor of women here at Northview. It's my privilege to be able to do lots of teaching and leading with women and Bible studies and all kinds of different scenarios. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I love it. Crystal and I have the opportunity to spend a few days together. In the next few days, we're yes. headed to Winnipeg. Yeah for a conference, the Mennonite Brethren Conference. Um, it's a study conference on human sexuality. Mm-hmm. We so, get to be at the airport by 6 a.m. tomorrow morning. <laughs> I'm already dreading the 4 a.m. <laughs> alarm. I know, I know. It'll be a good conference, mm-hmm. uh, very worthwhile, but it, uh, it's gonna be a bit painful tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's not our topic today. No. We, the topic today is something very exciting that Crystal and I have been looking forward to. The topic is how to be a Christian in a public environment. So Crystal, what do we mean? Um, anywhere, how to be a Christian anywhere where there's lots of different people of different ethnic backgrounds, different faiths, different um, values and levels of economics, that kind of thing. So yeah, a wide open environment. So schools, um, hockey, mm-hmm. at the different a lot of hockey families rinks, in Abbotsford, yeah. uh, dance studios, yeah. martial arts, swimming lessons with your kids, any kind of sports, the soccer, baseball, basketball, volleyball um, activities, art lessons, music lessons. Yeah. Anything that kind of you're involved in that's not, you know, your regular immediate family or maybe church friends. Yeah. And we often think of non-Christian environments, but this past weekend I was with Carter's Concert Choir at the Life Center here in Abbotsford. They were singing as part of the church service. And Heather Smith, who's the principal of the middle school, she stood up and told us some different things that are happening at the, at the campus, elementary, middle, and high school. And she said that 40% of the kids who go to MEI are unchurched. Wow. So that is a huge mission field. And that's a variety of ethnic groups, not yeah. simply Sikh. There's mm-hmm. a variety there. And I thought, oh yeah. So we can't just assume that it's everywhere, like sort of a non-Christian environment. This is Christian as well. Yeah. Yeah. There's Yeah. Different, just different people everywhere we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about where we've served in the past, what we've walked through with our kids. Yeah. I found, um, like before I worked here at the church, I maybe had a lot more opportunity to be in the community employment-wise, but my kids have been, since I've had them, have just been a great way for me to get involved with yeah. different people, to get to know different people I wouldn't necessarily run in normal circles with. And it's really expanded our life that way, and I really like it. So I'm when when they're all out of the house, I'm going to have to find different things. <laughs> no. But it's been, so we've been in Abbotsford Minor Hockey all the way through. My son started when he was five, my oldest, and he's 19 now. So 14 years of... Spending time yeah. in the hockey rink with different people. Our kids have been in public school all the way along. So Mountain Elementary and then um, Fraser Middle School and now Yale High School. Mm-hmm. So I've been involved with that in the classrooms, helping out with kids. Field help, trips. Field trips, <laughs> yeah. I was on the pack. I was a treasurer on the pack for a couple of years. Um, with hockey, I was ma- I've managed teams and I've done fundraising and yeah. tournament, volunteer, all that kind of stuff. Our kids were also in the Abbotsford Children's Theater okay. for a couple of years, so lots of Saturday mornings spent painting sets and putting, gluing things on things to make yeah. decorations and chatting with people. I talked to one woman, I remember one Saturday morning, she says, I've actually never met a pastor before. Oh, <laughs> I thought, wow, as we're just gluing, glue bedding. <laughs> okay, well, we're talking about what it's like to, yeah. to be in the church and be a pastor. And she had never met somebody that was in that role before. So just lots of opportunities that mm-hmm. we've had over time to get to know people in a variety of settings. And you've driven a lot of kids. Yeah. When I first started working here, your van was loaded all the time with volleyball and basketball kids and stuff. Yeah, I have a lot of, I mean, I have a van, which is awesome. Yeah. Can, they can seat eight. 
And there's some of the moms that are single moms, they can't get off work to take no. their kids. And so I just always said my van is open for anybody. And it's kind of a two-way thing. It's I feel good. It's, I'm ha- happy to help, but I also get the inside information. I know. Because <laughs> the girls talk the whole way there, and I find out and all kinds of stuff. And they forget that you're driving, they and do. they just say all kinds of as things. As long as I stay quiet. I know. <laughs> so, yeah, we, I've had a van full tons, and my husband, too. Um, it's been a really neat opportunity for us to kind of connect with my daughter and son's friends and know what's going on in their world, and they tell us all kinds of stuff I because know. of that. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. How about you? Where have you been involved over the years? Yeah, so we've lived in Abbotsford for 19 years, the whole time we raised kids. And we walked to Sandy Hill Elementary School for years, and then Claiborne Middle. And then uh, Carter moved over to MEI in grade 7, so started getting involved there a little bit. And Ava stayed through Bateman till the end of grade 10, and then she moved to MEI grade 11, which was last year. So now we are in private school. And I am going to be part of the grad committee Mm. for grade 12. So Mm -hmm. that's exciting. And all the way through, Ava has done dance Mm -hmm. in a variety of different forms. And Carter has done martial arts and tennis and piano lessons. And so there has been a whole variety of kids. And then the same as you, we did in middle school, they did basketball and volleyball. So we driving kids, full van load of kids, which was so fun. Mixing with parents as I watched the games, Mm because why would you go home if you're going to have to come back in an hour? Yeah. So I would just stay and watch the games and visit with whoever was there. Yeah. Yeah. I've been involved in the pack as you have been as well for many years. I was doing that. So yeah, lots of ways. Yeah. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about a little bit of our some of our stories yeah. and ways that we have seen that some of our friends as well have been involved in public settings um, as Christians. Yeah. So do you have some stories for us? I don't know, just different things that have happened where you have seen that it's really good to be a Christian in a public setting. Yeah. Well, I think we can have influence in so many different ways, depending mm-hmm. on, you know, just based on our attitude. Um, the way we can interact with people. I know I've always made it a a uh, priority, I guess, to just encourage the people that are coaching or to yeah. be managing to say thank you for the different things that they've done. Yeah. And it just goes a long way uh, to building relationships and yeah. making people know that you appreciate them. Yeah. I know for both yeah. of us, it's not always easy. No. Because some of the tasks we do are boring or repetitive when you're involved and things like that. Yeah. I remember one story when my kids were in elementary school and I volunteered to help the teacher do whatever. So she gave me the stack of photocopying. And the photocopy room at Sandy Hill is in the very back corner and there's nobody there. It's a totally separate room. And so I took this stack and as I'm starting to do the photocopying, I'm like literally starting to climb the walls. I'm <laughs> so bored. And then I'm starting to get like, oh my goodness, like yeah. almost ready to cry because I'm <laughs> I just see the stack. Yeah, I just see the stack of photocopying and I'm like, oh Lord. And so I started praying, not out loud, just quietly, just saying, Lord, I need some purpose beyond photocopying. Like, can you send me somebody can you do something because I just don't want to photocopy all morning and have no interaction with people Mm -hmm. so sure enough a teacher came within a few minutes and looked like she was upset and was kind of surprised I think to see somebody in the photocopy room and so I said oh what's the matter and can I listen and I already had established a bit of a relationship with the teachers already by this point yeah so she shared with me some of her hurts and I just listened and for a few minutes and then she left her photocopying with me <laughs> and I said I would do it and off she went and I was like oh thank you Lord that's so exciting that you sent somebody that I could do you know my counseling because I love that yeah with somebody and then I sort of it wasn't an audible voice but I felt him say to me Thalia you didn't pray for her mm. I went oh mm. okay well if you send me somebody else then the next person I will pray for sure enough <laughs> a few minutes later next person comes in she also looked a little upset 
And so I listened to her, and then I said, is it okay if I pray with you? And she was not, not a Christian. Oh, yes, she was like, hmm. I mean, people would, that. Oh, yeah. yeah, a lot of people will love prayer if they're hurting. And so I did. And it started this whole new um, focus for me on being Jesus' hands and feet with my friends there, like literally being a Christian there, but also then praying with the teachers at every opportunity, just offering it. And no one ever turned me down. Hmm. So, you know, it, there's been a lot of those kinds of moments where I've seen the impact of being a Christian in a non-Christian place. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. What kind of values do you think? Like, I think sometimes people think when you're being a Christian in a non-Christian environment that you have this kind of impetus that we have to share our faith. Yeah. Like, instantly and all the time. And like, how do you kind of balance that in terms of how you interact with people? Yeah. I never had the opportunity to actually share, like, the gospel or the you know, a saving message of salvation. Nobody ever wanted to hear about that. People <laughs> only wanted to be prayed for when they were in desperate moments. Mm. They didn't really want to talk about faith, church, yeah, the Bible. But it was interesting because throughout my years at Sandy Hill and Claiborne, there were a number of moments where a, a parent died suddenly. Mm. And so there was a funeral and all these teachers would come because of course they're supporting the families yeah. where the parent had died. And they, I was sitting with them in church, and they are upset because the person of grief, but also they're uncomfortable because this is not a place for them. And I would sit in among them and talk with them and, again, had opportunity to pray with them and for them. So there were so many opportunities. You know, kids that would come over to my house yeah. and hang out and the conversations we would have. Yeah. I remember in grade six, Ava said to me, she's my oldest, she said, Mom, we're a weird family. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, and we're only going to get weirder. Because as we continue to like youth and we like different kinds of music and we are at church a lot and all these kinds of ways, we don't fit into the society around us the way some other families do. Mm-hmm. Which ties in a little bit with the sermon that Jeff preached this weekend, mm. um, talking about the opposition that the Christians face in Ephesus and how if we are weird, it's showing that we are being true to our values rather than to the godless society values yeah. is what, the way he worded it. And for my kids who are in public school, that was an especially encouraging word for them because yeah. sometimes they do feel weird and they feel, yeah, their priorities are different. They get bugged and mocked and just mm-hmm. like, they get teased about little things. Yeah. And she's decided it doesn't bug her, but uh, because she just doesn't want it to be something that's, yeah, a big issue. Like she just wants to stand up for her faith. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's a realization that it is going to be different and people are going to see that difference and yeah. If we can speak into it as we can and as people give us room to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My thinking is that, you know, if you're there often enough at dance or martial arts and your presence is known, eventually people kind of know who you are. Yeah. And so I've always thought, well, they know who I are, who I am. They know what I stand for. They know what I believe over time. If they need something, they'll contact me. They know where I live. You know, that's always been evident. So I don't really worry about it too much in terms of stressing about, oh, my goodness, you know. Haven't had a chance to share about Jesus today. It's like, well, they, they know where to find me. Yeah. <laughs> and as conversations come up, I think we need to be brave enough to step into them too, though. Yeah. Like if there are things that come up about that would be great. curriculum. Mm-hmm. And like we've talked about creation and evolution curriculum, mm-hmm. I think with some different people that aren't Christians and mm-hmm. talked about different things. So yeah, we yeah. want to be ready to do it. We do. But I think we wanted to talk about some kind of biblical passages that yeah. that give us a basic framework for this. And I just like that passage in First Peter. Um, two, where it says, Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your souls. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. 
So it speaks to this fact that we may have people that think we're strange, they think yeah. that we're doing things wrongly, but at the end of time, on the day of visitation, when God comes, they'll be able to see our good deeds because we've kept our, our conduct honorable. Yeah. So how do we walk in a way that's honorable um, as we're involved in all these different things? I think that's some of the practical things that we're going to talk about next. Yeah, and it's area. huge, you know, yeah. the way we're honorable. You said you were on the pack as a treasurer. Yeah. Well, some of the packs in Abbotsford have blown up over the years because of, uh, you know, cheating on all of the pack things. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, when we are involved in those kinds of parent advisory committees and where we have integrity and we're trustworthy, uh, that speaks hugely to people. I had one woman who watched me for a whole year, unbeknownst to me. She came back a year later and she said, I've been watching you for a year, you and your team, and I think I can join the pack now. Hmm. And I went, oh boy, people are watching to see how we are. How do we talk? How do we relate to others? Are we welcoming, friendly, approachable, all those things? Yeah. Yeah. And even how we respond on emails, how we, there's one question I asked once as a pack member, kind of to the whole group, and it just blew up into this big, Ooh. crazy discussion. And I just said, you know what, let's discuss this next time at the pack meeting yeah. <laughs> and just shut it down. Yeah. Like how we respond in, as people are back and forth, do we get angry? Do we get riled up? Or do we just yeah. kind of, ah, we're in it in, let's, let's talk in person. Yes. Um, how do we act honorably in those situations? Yeah. The passage that speaks most to me is Colossians in chapter 3. And if you read it from 1 to 17, it talks about different things that we need to put off. And things like um, anger and wrath and malice and slander and obscene talk from our mouths. And we hear that. When you walk Mm -hmm. your kids to school with other parents, there's a lot of gossiping and backbiting and anger and bitterness and stuff that comes out. But instead, in verse 12, it says, Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And we know that when we operate in these kinds of settings as dance moms or martial arts parents or whoever, there's a lot of forgiving to do and there's a lot of bearing with one another. Yeah. But it is so worthwhile. Yeah. And there's times we're going to blow it. Oh, (laughs) I I know there's been times where I have slandered or said something nasty in in anger or in frustration or whatever. And then I've had to repent. (laughs) And And I've had to apologize apologize. on email and face to face because I did have lost it a few times. Yeah. Yeah. It's not easy working with a variety of parents in whatever situation you're working with. Yeah. It's not easy working with other people in general, period. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> no. So what are some of the practical working outs? Um, where do you see this working? Yeah, it's hard. One of the ones I know that's important to you and I is we want to continually prod our listeners to be willing to introduce yourself to new people. Yeah. Be willing to be friendly. Be willing to maybe sit with some people that you aren't as familiar with. If you're watching a game or you're distributing hot lunches, like I remember one mom who came and only wanted to bring the lunch to her child's classroom. But mm. that classroom had already been taken by a parent who arrived earlier. And so then she walked off in a huff. And I thought, <laughs> no, I need your help in the other classrooms. Like, if you can't do your child's classroom, could you please help in another? I, I need helpers. Yeah. But she didn't want to do that. And I thought, no, we want to be people and parents who are willing to step in, even if it doesn't necessarily involve our own child. Yeah. We have to look a little bit broader, I think. I would, I would hope. Yeah. And comfort levels behind. It's easy to go sit with your friends all the time, right? Yeah. The people that you know on a team. 
but to to say, oh, I need to get to know everybody here and, yeah. and see those people that might be a little bit on the outskirts yes. or a little bit um, not fitting in. I had on my son's hockey team last year, there was two um, Indo-Canadian women and one spoke all right English, the other one didn't. The two of them would sit together and I'd often try and go either sit with them during part of the game or after or before mm-hmm. because they didn't feel comfortable joining us as parents. But I wanted them to know that they were still welcome and that I would try to talk to them a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And those kind of things. So we need to have, we need to be thinking beyond ourselves to who's who's around us, who's God, who has God sovereignly placed in our path yes. that we can interact with and what, yeah. what responsibility do we have? And think of how good it feels, you know, if someone walks up to you and says, hi, Crystal. Yeah. You know, think of the other parents, even if you can't visit with them for very long or can't sit with them because you've already, your time has been taken up, but go over to someone and say, hi, so-and-so. Yeah. Good to see you here. You're child did a great job at whatever you know like it just goes a long way to making relationships yeah and the thing is you'll need them here in Abbotsford because you will encounter them somewhere else at some point in the future some other activity will surprise you yeah or they'll walk in the doors of your church or they'll walk in the doors of the grocery store or something yeah which is what I love about Christmas Eve here you see all these people that I know from all over the community that aren't church people and they come here at Christmas Eve I think oh this is great opportunity I'm glad I know them I can say hi and welcome them in yeah. Yeah, it's great. Okay, what about one of the sticky ones, Crystal? What about if your the activity your child is in or your school or whatever does a fundraiser that you don't necessarily agree with as a Christian? How do you or do you participate? Hmm. Do you have any it's kind of hard. examples? There's been, there's been one specific one I remember where they had a dance and there's lots of alcohol being served. And I was just freaking out thinking, I'm participating in this. Who knows who leaves this place and whether they drive home drunk and whether somebody gets an accident or reliable. And I just felt yucky. But I felt like as a team member, this is what the team had voted on. We were one of the votes and you don't always win your way. And I felt like I should still participate. So we did. We went to the evening. We stayed there for a while. We did kind of the things that we felt we could do within yeah. that environment and we made relationships and we chatted with a lot of people but it did feel a little bit awkward yeah. like I felt like I don't really feel comfortable being here in this role yeah so when I was the chair of the pack at Sandy Hill we had a bingo license where you, yeah, you had to have volunteers that would yeah. go serve at the bingo hall yeah and I was something that I inherited we had to be part of this and if somebody didn't show up, it was me that had to go and fill the spot. So I had to go a number of times, and I hated it. I hmm. just, the the atmosphere the there and the yeah. environment and the addiction of the gambling and the low income, the people who are spending their little bit of money, it was just so hard to watch. It was very painful. But I had to go as part of my bigger role and in the Parent Advisory Committee. Mm-hmm. So I just didn't have a choice. I couldn't just... Out, get out of that because it was part of what our school responsibility was but it was very yeah. difficult yeah yeah so you might not always agree no. you might not always feel comfortable but no sometimes we have to do those things yeah yeah and try and figure a way we can do it in a way that we still are living by you know the morals that we'd like to live by be shown to be those type of people that are acting honorably in the midst of that situation mm-hmm. yeah and I would say even if you have a little bit of time participate in a little way if you have a lot of time you can participate a little bit more but try to intentionally get involved a little bit wherever you can in the community yeah and even if you have grandkids maybe you don't have kids right now maybe you have grandkids or maybe you have nieces or nephews we'll go and watch their games and interact with the people there like we can be an influence whether we're single separated widowed divorced yeah uh, married it doesn't matter yeah we can be a positive impact on our community as christians yeah that's for sure Mm-hmm. 
Um, when I know when I've been in different spots of leadership, the thing that would really frustrate me is as a leader, you're trying to organize something or you're trying to get information across and people would never respond to emails or oh. they wouldn't, you know, you'd have yes. to just nag them a hundred times to get oh, their checks yeah. in or all those kind of things. And I, so now that I'm not in as much responsibility because I'm busier working, I just try and be that person that always says, oh yes, and responds to the emails so they know we've got it. <laughs> so yes. that we know. So That's a good point. But it's those little courtesies that people just don't think to do. Make sure that I get my check-in on time so they don't have to chase me all over the place. Yeah. If we need to do advertising for a hockey program, make sure that's there in good time point. just so that they're not have extra hassle because it's hard enough when you're volunteer. Yeah, that's true. I like yeah. that. That's so, a good one. I know one of the things that was challenging for me is when I was in charge of the pack at our schools, I didn't always agree with some of the decisions that the leadership of the school was making, the principals, vice principals. Yeah. And it was a good testing for submission at mm. that point. Mm-hmm for the work that I'm doing now. So I remember getting really upset sometimes internally at some of their decisions, but having to ultimately submit to what the school board or the school had decided. Yeah. That's hard. I think that was really hard not to be doing what I wanted to do necessarily. Yeah, and we still have to put on the the, the good face yeah. and be willing to work towards unity. Be and, good sports. But that's not something that just happens in the world. Oh. <laughs> that happens in our job here all the time, right? It happens We're, in our job here, but yeah. people sort of expect it in church that we would have to submit. But we forget that we sometimes have to submit to the hockey coaches or yeah. the dance teachers or the whatever and then we want them to know that we're on their side that we're not against them we're not secretly holding a meeting in the corner yeah that's trying to kibosh them yeah because i've seen that go horribly wrong sometimes you know people will just be all this whole ring of people against a coach or against a against a specific volunteer and it just it gets nasty like i just want to be well outside the classrooms especially at the beginning of the year when those you know those split classes are made and the parents are so angry that their child is in a split class well my kids are in split classes almost every year elementary school years and i always tried to soothe the parents and say you know what our kids can learn something out of this Mm -hmm. let's not be those parents that are standing outside the door where the teacher can see you all mad at the decisions that needed to be made from a school standpoint yeah. Like they weren't made to necessarily hurt us. They were made because of numbers and money and that kind of thing. So if we can be parents that try to soothe and try to be peacemakers, that goes a long way too. Yeah. But that's hard. <laughs> it was very hard. Yeah, because often our own kids kind of get shafted a little oh, bit when yeah. we're that way, right? Because it's the squeaky wheel parents that get their way for their kids. Yeah. But I was even talking to my daughter just a while ago because we were reflecting on yeah some other situations that had happened. I said, you know, it's all those tough things in your past that have mm-hmm. made you able now to cope with a lot of things. Yeah. And she said, yeah, I'm glad you didn't shelter me from, from everything. That you allowed me to walk through that. So Yeah. I remember looking back to and thinking of those parents that were older than me that really taught me a lot and helped me. So when Carter was in martial arts, I had no idea about martial arts and how to tie the belt or things like that. But the older parents taught me. Yeah. Ava's ballet bun. I had no idea how to do the hair with that because I'm not a dance girl. They taught me how to do those things. Some of them were Christian, some of them were not. But I love the fact that they were teaching the younger parents coming behind them. Mm-hmm. I think that's something that I've really benefited from is having those parents who take a little bit of extra time with those coming behind. Yeah. Yeah, I did that at swim meets a lot because the first time parents you could see, they didn't know how to read the schedules and what heat was their kid in and what lane. And I'd say, okay, come with me. Yeah. I'll go through it and walk you through it. I know. So I think there's so many ways we can just show love and care and compassion. A tiny bit of patience, you yeah. know, a bit of humor goes a long way. Yeah. 
I think we need to recognize too just the privilege that it is. Uh, like I said, God's put people in our paths for a certain reason, and mm-hmm. you know what has He want? What does He want us to do with that time and that influence that He's given us? And I had a weekend a couple times where we've gone away for volleyball tournaments, and I've been like the mom to four girls because yeah. their moms couldn't come on the trip yeah. or whatever. And, so that weekend, I think, okay, now I have four girls I need to encourage and four girls I need to mm-hmm. make sure that they're cared for and socially included. And, mm-hmm. and it's just been a really neat opportunity for me to say, you know, for this weekend, I have yeah. a bunch of extra kids and how can I make them feel it's part huge. of things? And it's huge. And it's an amazing privilege, yeah. I feel like. We drove um, a girl for years to dance, and it's only like maybe a 10-minute drive, but it became known as the counseling drive because (laughs) it was sort of at that time of day when all the yuckiness poured out from the day, and they learned that I was happy to listen and happy to say, yeah, that hurts. That's really hard. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll pray for that. The girl was a Christian girl from a Christian family, but her parents were busy working at that time of day, and they didn't have a chance to hear that yuck until probably later in the day. So I found that it was really valuable to listen to the kids that are in your carpool or the kids yeah. that are somehow at your kitchen table, their hurts and their pains, because you can go a long way to building relationships with them. Yeah. Yeah. What else would we say? Um, I think just be a dependable person, too. Yeah. Like if you volunteer for something, show up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if your kid's on a team, don't cancel at the last minute. Yeah. Like people are counting on you to do the time clock or the score clock or to get your kid to practice on time or whatever. So be dependable. Be respectful. If you know you're not going to be there, make sure that they know. Yeah. So One thing it. I also learned is that if you know that you're going to need to leave a position, try to find a replacement before you just jam out. Mm-hmm. Um, try to try to train up that person and say, oh, you know what, I need to leave next year. I will only be able to fulfill it this year, so I need to look for a replacement. That's really helpful for whatever situation you're in. Yeah, yeah. I think just like keeping your eyes and ears open wherever you are to mm-hmm. just the people who are around you and just asking God to make you aware of mm-hmm. what the needs might be, how you could include people. Yeah. Um, just being intentional about there's a lot of hurting families there in are. Abbotsford. In Christian families and non-Christian yeah. families. Yeah. Single, separated, divorced. There's so much pain. We have to be very careful. Oh, I think that brings up for me, be careful about our conversation. Yeah. Because we don't necessarily know if somebody is separated, divorced, what the situation is. And so we have to be careful what kind of questions we ask that we don't necessarily put our foot in it. Which, <laughs> of course, I have done before. Yeah. <laughs> but trying to be mindful, inclusive of others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think we're kind of reaching the end of what we have to say, but if you want to send in your specific questions to us, maybe you have a situation in your public setting that you're not exactly sure how to navigate. Well, Crystal and I would love to address that on a podcast. It would give us um, great stuff to talk about. So if you want to do that, you're more than welcome to do that. Yeah. I was going to say too, it's great to try and find, if you're in situations like in public school, to try and find like-minded people too. Because as much as we want to be witnesses to everybody, it's also nice to have people that we can process these things through Mm -hmm. with. And so when I was at Fraser, uh, the last year's at Mountain and then Fraser, we had a parents' prayer meeting uh, every Thursday. Lolita Innes from Central Heights hosted it every week. And it was just great to have that time to pray for the teachers, to have kind of common conversations about my kids having trouble here. How can we encourage her as a Christian body in that and pray for each other's kids? Yeah. And for a while, we had a mother-daughter mentorship group where we mm-hmm. just encouraged our daughters that they had other Christian kids in the school so that they felt encouraged in their faith, too. So I think... Yeah, somewhere the, where we don't feel weird. Weird, Somewhere yeah. where you're walking on the same path 
with somebody else is so helpful. Yeah, and that they know the situation, mm-hmm. they know the school, they know the teachers. If you're in trouble or if you need someone else to bounce it off of, you know yeah. there's someone that you can call. And for our girls, that was huge to know that there was you know, six other girls in school that kind of would have their back yeah. if they're in a situation. So build those, look into intentionally building the, the strong relationships too. That yeah, you can. that's very, very important. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully we'll have a chance to do that in Winnipeg. <laughs> <laughs> in three days. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're going to need some coffee <laughs> tomorrow morning. <laughs> and a nap. And Hope a nap. We, can get we a won't nap. have a time for can a nap. Can we get a nap? Oh. <laughs> can you nap with your eyes open while you sit? <laughs> Probably not. Anyways. No. Would you mind praying for our I listeners? Not, no. Lord, I thank you that you place us in community, um, in our neighborhoods, in our churches, in our schools, in our different areas that our kids are involved, and different ways that we're involved. Lord, I thank you for all the opportunities that we have to share your love, to be people that are graceful, um, that are full of your wisdom, and that are full of your grace. Lord, I just pray that you would make us more and more like you so that we reflect you well and that you'd also just continually open our eyes to the people that are in our past you've already given to us um, that we can influence for your kingdom Mm -hmm. that we can represent you to Uh, lord make us aware of who they are and uh, i just pray that you would give us wisdom as we're in those situations to know how to act as your children so lord i thank you for all the different things that we can do in this community i thank you for the ways that we can do it without um, being persecuted and Lord, yeah. I thank you for the fact that even if we are weird, uh, we have a church body that stands <laughs> behind us yeah. uh, that we can feel comfortable and, and safe in. So Lord, I pray you just give us all courage and you give us all grace in everything that we're doing. So we thank you, Lord, that you are here among us. Um, and just pray for your guidance. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us.